The bucket list is looking like nuts. Dude, the sexual bucket list was insane, and I did most everything that I wanted really? to do. You, yeah. I mean, I was back then having orgies, having fucking threesomes, having all that shit all the time. Really? You know, like, it was the 90s. KillerKellerOfficial.com <laughs> 101.4 FM, 24 hours a day, all genres.xfm.co.uk Beatbox created. Killer And we need to talk about world music and street culture. Killer Keller podcast. Very good. What a beautiful setting again. Glorious. Glorious. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Killer Keller podcast live and direct. We are in uh, West Hollywood, um, Sunset Strip. Big shout out to Graffiti Kings, all friends that are subscribing and uh, staying locked on to the Ultimate Street Culture and Street Music podcast. You know I do. So with that in mind, we're flipping it on you. And uh, my goodness, has she got a story and more to tell. Figure in Los Angeles, figure in the clubland, malicious m- merchandise branding, you name it, punk enthusiast and more. This is Melissa McMahon. Hello. How are you? Good, how are you doing? Good, how's that Hi intro everybody. for you? Love it. Yeah? It's beautiful. It was a win, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like, a, it's like you know, I'm from around these parts and I just know the ins and outs of the, I mean, not shadow over you, of course. Mm-hmm. What's been going on, girl? Well, you know, just out here living the dream in beautiful, sunny California. <laughs> it's a little more colder than normal, isn't it? It is, and we're, everyone who lives out here, we're super adapted to like 80 degrees constant. Mm. So if it's ever below 80, <laughs> we're all like, oh God, everybody, I'm yeah. dying. <laughs> the roads, the cars stop, yeah. time stops. Oh, if it rains, no one, no one goes anywhere. Mm. No, it's over. I remember I did a, well, I was planned to do a New Year's gig here. I think it was with Black Eyed Peas. It, it was so a cool. big event. Yeah, it was, it was one of those kind of, roadblock kind of events and I was just I was slow down below in the, the lineup but nonetheless I was super excited and it turned out the, the heavens opened it rained off and it, to us and who are Brits you know this isn't you know yeah, what I mean no I'm from Portland Oregon originally all it does is rain and we do everything in the rain <laughs> yeah certainly they slot they shut it all down yeah. that's the way that's the mentality isn't that it? is that is the mentality here like anytime it when I when I when I was dancing here, anytime it would rain, I'd be like, well, no customers are coming out tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, no one's yeah. going to drive in the rain. And if, when they do, they go two miles an hour. Mm. It's really ridiculous. I hate the rain, though. I hate it. I'm glad to be out of it. And I don't really want to go outside in the rain either. No. But um, I think it's a little ridiculous if people get... Like, because they all... This is the thing about people here. They all say they, they, all say they love it because it doesn't ever happen here. So they oh, I love it when it rains. And I'm like, well, why don't you go out then? Mm. If it's so good, go be out in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't. They're not ready for that. They're they not don't. ready for that. They're not ready for British weather either. I mean, mm-hmm. that alone. No, they would die. But yeah, I mean, for those of you that are just stepping up to speed right now, we, we do need to go back to go forward because I know you well in what you do and your trajectory to a point. And this is where I, I guess... I don't even know what I do. This is where it gets exciting for me because, you know, we're talking about street culture and the different dynamics that make it, fashion. I, I delve into punk and its association with grime and hip-hop and its association with trap and drum and bass and and there are these outer fringes of street culture which often uh, they are super like skateboarding tattoo stripping the, the kind of more the, the undertones of what nightlife is about and what street culture is about and I know you hit so many marks and it'd be great to All get into the story man. <laughs> get into the story when, yeah. so where did it begin I mean, I would say, you know, from 17, getting kicked out of foster care, I was a street punk for years. Like, I just lived out of my backpack. I hitchhiked from, like, my foster homes were up in, like, Everett, Washington, north of Seattle. Mm. And I hitchhiked first to Seattle, which is 20 miles from where I was in foster care. But, you know, I was there for a while, just sleeping on the streets, mm-hmm. which is freaking cold. In yeah. Seattle, homeless people just sleep under bridges. That's just, and that's haunting. <laughs> that's a horrible idea. It's horrible. Um, but when you're young and you're high and fucked up, you don't really care. And so this then, was like a punk, this was straight punk. You, yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, early, it, this was early 90s. Yeah. And then, um, then from there, hitchhiked uh, from Portland, all you know, all the way down Oregon yeah. to uh, San Francisco. And when I got to San Francisco, that was like, well, oh, I forgot to mention, 
um, in Portland, I met a girl, and like she was like my little girlfriend for a while, and we were like, in, both of us were into skateboarding, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like so, me and her were like into punk, like metal, goth, all that shit, but yeah. also into skateboarding, mm-hmm. and both me and her also wanted to like really do harder drugs than everyone else was doing, so we were like, we both looked even younger than we were. I was like 17, she was probably she maybe was 15, 16, I don't know. She was younger than me, but um, we both were like dude fuck this speed shit this shit's whack let's fucking get some fucking dope let's do some heroin and like we were always trying to get her from like dudes and people that we knew and they're like no you guys are babies and we're like fuck you we're not babies and so we just That's like crazy there we go there we go LA. LA. <laughs> um then then we hitchhiked down to san francisco the day we got there we we got heroin and did it so we were like fucking shooting dope, skateboarding, like going to all the skateboarding spots all high. That's insane. Yeah. Like, they, I mean, culturally, that just does not re- it's, I know. That's such a, a crazy notion. One of which you'd only ever see on TV as a kid when you was growing up back yeah. in the UK. Like, how did, what, what was the motivation behind that, doing that? Like, I can't imagine being that age and just being like, hey, I'm just gonna fuck. I'm gonna fuck about and do things a lot more harder than you lot. I'm gonna do the harder drugs. I'm gonna skate and fucking, you know, rip harder. Like, It was just, I think, coming from, I mean, honestly, I think it started from me, like, just, you know, like, lit, always being around addicts. Mm. See? OG motorbike business. Nothing but Trucks. motorcycles on Sunset yeah. Boulevard. Love it, um, love it. But it was, it was basically coming from, I think we all just, like, straight up I was always around addicts and alcoholics and I kind of just thought that that it was so predictable mm. like I was like oh you're gonna get drunk you're gonna fucking fight each other at the end of the night blah 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 like same old story and mm. I was like I wanted an adventure and I also I legit and I say this all the time and things and it sounds so dumb when I say it but it's the fucking truth I thought the world was gonna end in 2000 mm. I really did I wholeheartedly was like all these like like Nostradamus predicted, like some 2001 shit. Like, cutting out. Oh yeah, there was like, and I was like, everything's already been done. There, like, can't possibly be like life after 2000 or, or 2001. And everyone's like, the Y2K thing. Shit's gonna fucking. I just thought, you yeah. know, it was the 90s, and I thought it was like, you know, like it, the world's overpopulated. I mean, look at it now. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, worst well, luck. It's still, you know, it it's, didn't happen. <laughs> We're still breathing. I know. It's so crazy, and I was just like, there's no way, it'll... so I'm just going to party like it's 1999, I'm going to fucking do all the things, and before I die, I also, even if the world didn't end, I didn't really, like, I was hella suicidal, I was like, I don't want to live either, so... Do you think that was part of the motivation of, like, well, if if I'm feeling like I'm going to die, then, in principle, in, I don't want to miss the party, so I'm just going to let, I want everyone else to go. Well, it's part of that, and it's part of, like, well, before I die, I want to try all the things. You know, Do you like, feel like you, you accomplished that over that? I mean, these were early. I've, I've literally done everything on my bucket list except for some traveling destinations I've never made it to. But like, as far as like uh, trying all the things I wanted to try, like there might be like a few sexual exercises I haven't ever done. But like, really, I think I did just about everything <laughs> on my bucket, bucket list. list. The bucket list is looking like nuts. dude. The sexual no. bucket list was insane, and I did most everything that I wanted really? to do. Really? Yeah. I mean, I was back then having orgies, having fucking threesomes, having all that shit all the time really you know like it was the 90s that's yeah, what yeah. I was. well yeah and, and you know you hear these well, it's funny we were actually before we uh, you know got into this we were talking about um, the decline of western civilization yeah. so for those of you who don't know what that, you won't know what that mm-hmm. is at all but there's these documentaries that were made back in like the mid ni- uh, no early 80s 80s, 80s yeah. To ni- like yeah 80s up into the 90s yeah yeah and anyone that's into like punk or metal or anywhere in between you would have you kind of gone you'd have orbited to these things like the bible you know and they uh, are yeah. you know and th- that was very much the order of the day those documentaries mm-hmm. really displayed like wild style star wars would be oh i love those yeah right? i've seen all those too because i mean i had all my friends in you know sf did graffiti and we're in like you know the piece by piece documentary and like some mm-hmm. of those ones and, like they honestly i didn't know how prolific my friends were mm-hmm. until um like one of my guy friends went to prison like three times for it and i was just like <laughs> damn and then i saw he was in a bunch of books i was like oh that's what you were doing when I was fucking nodding out oh cool (laughs) (laughs) that's mad you know there is a relationship between when I say street culture I mean it's broad as as we like there is a relationship between punk and hip hop um, and reggae there is something it was almost like the reggae 
ado- adopted punk back in the, the late 70s. Well, yeah, they had the ska and yeah. like all that kind of shit. I will say that the um, punk culture that I was around was really kind of anti-reggae. Um, and I think that just comes from... Um, there was always kind of like a little conflict between like uh, like Northwestern, Northwestern style punks and like Southern punks. Really? What? In, in, in LA? In, in, well, or in the yeah, because like even in, even I think it went all the way down to San Francisco. San Francisco was the divide. Punks south of San Francisco to us were kind of like too comfortable. Like they didn't really have it hard. You didn't have to ever sleep in the rain or the cold, and you would never like, you know, like, mm-hmm. e- like I think that we always were like, oh, they're gonna wear flip flops. Like, how are you gonna ready be ready to fight if you got flip flops? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no like, ninja moves. You're not you're not in survival mode like we are if you wear flip flops. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it was like the the kind of punks that were like, you know, like in a sublime or like bands like that. We were kind of just like, yeah, yeah. okay, you can't. You're you're never gonna be ready when shit hits the fan. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but because yeah. we were always wearing boots and fucking like ready to fight. You know. I mean, when you think we like to consider that is that's insane when you put it in context with what goes on in this world again the, the decline of western civilization mode the hiddenism and just like general uh, no fucks given it, it it was fun times like it's crazy to think that now that would ever happen here yeah well because i mean the way i look at it now it's like the way that we lived back then we lived like we had nothing to lose and we didn't give a shit like mm. what happened to us because like either the world is ending the, even the kids that didn't think the world was ending they literally didn't give a fuck if they like uh, you know like gotten fight with cops and like all that kind of shit and i mean we did mm. that sometimes and i was just like I was a little, t- I was, you know, I was scrawnier than I am now. I've always been scrawny, but mm-hmm. I would be ready to scrap with anyone, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't fight, like, but I would just be like, I'm ready, though, if you need me. I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's go. Just, do you want to fucking try me? I'll go, because mm-hmm. I just didn't give a fuck, but, like, no one really challenged me when I was a straight punk, because they were just, like, confused that I would be ready, because mm-hmm. they would, you know, like, if anyone ever tried to, like, talk shit to me, I'd just be like, let's go, and they'd just be like... There's something suspicious why she's like not scared. Yeah. You know, because I just, you know, when you're suicidal, you don't give a shit. You're like, what are you going to do? Beat me up? Uh. I, t- I would, I, I chat with a lot of graph writers over here in the UK on podcasts, and there is something about the lifestyle that leans towards an attitude of, well, I'm, I'm, it, it can only get worse from here, so I'm just going to graffiti. Like, mm-hmm. I'm doing art, and it's my way of releasing energy. It's preventing me going backwards where I could quite easily fall into like some bad places. At least this is the conduit to help me make it happen. Um, when you're suicidal and you're in this place where it's like, well, well I'm gonna fuck around. I'll, I'll fuck you. I don't care anyway. Yeah. My back's already against the wall. Yeah. I guess there is a similar sort of sentiment that, that plays in the mind, isn't it? Yeah, it's like that. And I think like part of like, I mean, I I did like a little tagging, you know, back then too. Cause like, I mean, all my friends did it and I just was like, I didn't realize, like I said, that they were like real. I just was fucking scratching mm. around and doing. I, t- I wrote hooker. I did a little hooker, right? Nice. And like, <laughs> um, just thought it was cute or whatever. And um, but like, you know, like I think it's also like you wanted to claim your spots, your territory, mm. and like leave some evidence that you existed. Because you were like, I'm probably gonna die tomorrow, and I just want people to know that I was here. Totally. You know. So it's like that kind of a mentality too, where you're like, mm. I don't have any meaning like it's like you just feel insignificant sometimes Mm -hmm. just like my life doesn't even matter but let me just fucking leave some evidence that i was here yeah not that that even like in reality like i think about it now i'm like Like it it doesn't matter yeah no it doesn't matter and here's the other thing as well i think as artists we all do that like Mm -hmm. as significant on its flip on its head like with social media being the way it is and the, the output in which people can make things it feels like now that you can't do enough and it ch- turns into making a mark when you think about the legacy that someone like Bowie uh, yeah. created and how will he be significant in five years from now well, it feels it, like it was a I big mean, impact he made but we just don't know it will be but this is the thing it's because I mean you know it's like that whole Andy Warhol thing everybody gets their 15 minutes of fame in mm. the future and like yes yeah, so like everyone's fighting for that scrap of it yeah. or whatever but um 
I mean, at the same time, it's, I mean, not everybody is like that. I think some of us are wired like that because our legacy isn't to make children and have them be our legacy. Or some, some people, it's both, you know? But, like, I never thought of, like, having kids and, like, you know, when people are all like, oh, like, don't you want, you know, so, like, someone to carry your name? Like, it's not even my name. I was born with this shit. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know, like, really a lot about my, you know, like, I lived with my mom and dad and off and on before I was in foster care, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't think we really need to, like, keep reading that. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Just, like, I don't know. I don't think it's bad, but it's not, like, we came from some epic shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But I think that's why, you know, like, I was driven to kind of, like, you know, put my tag up, and some of my friends were, too. It's just, like, a way to be, like, I was here, and, mm. like, I mattered. You yeah, know? yeah. Your, your life, you said then about... Yeah, is 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 it a it's not a selfish thing? Because if you're, if you have made a decision not to do something, you're actually you're a at peace with that decision. But b, uh, you recognise that actually it'd be selfish to you by not by by you know passing on your genes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some people see. Well, it I think it is selfish it. in a way because we're living in a planet that's already being depleted Consumed. of all yeah. of its things. Why do you like, think people don't see that though? It doesn't seem like they or the money get some blood and they just can't the industry just can't have it they need to reproduce more humans for the thing you mean? I honestly don't even don't even understand why they like it you want me to wait that there yeah. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> good girl I'm, I'm like it's one of those things where I think you know like I'm not a big conspiracy head but there's a part of me that's like does think there is like a system that's in place yeah. and because we are living in a consumeristic world um, there is that mm-hmm. that you're talking about. So, like, you know, like the media and all these things that are out there are basically kind of brainwashing people to think that they need to, like, that's why it, it, people, like, you hear comedians and talk about, like, like, oh, I'm single, like, it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. or like, oh, you know, like, you know, people um, have been taught by society to believe that you need a partner to be whole mm. or you need a family to be whole or that that's the that's what success is is to have this like um like family picture mm. and i mean then you see like all these like true crime stories and it's like there's people like had it and then they fucking realize it was bullshit and then they fucking murder their whole family yeah. and it's like i'm Falling not saying down, that's yeah. what always happens but i'm just saying it's like i think that the individual needs to define what's happy for them and just because somebody tells you this is what is happy doesn't mean it is you know and like mm-hmm. for me when I was a little girl I didn't you know my sister played with dolls and wanted to have a house and a picket fence and a family and I, I love her for that and mm-hmm. I love my niece and I love her family and I love the, like that that satisfies her and fulfills her but she's also an artist she does tattoos and she's fucking hella dope right, 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 you right. know and you can do both mm-hmm. also um, but I just never was like that. I, <clears throat> when I was a little girl, all I cared about and all I still care about is just having a fucking like dope car, driving in the desert, having a dog, basically being Mad Max. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I just, the, the picture's framed nice. I, I just wanted to be like a female Mad Max and just like I've always romanticized that notion of just fucking freedom. Freedom is the highest for me. It's oh. like, there's nothing that is more important in my life. Mm. So I don't think even for me, like I realized over years that relationships don't even work for me because I'm too, um, I, I put freedom above that even. So it's not really compatible with most relationships. Like wow. I would have to find somebody who really gives me a lot of freedom, mm. but I've never met that person and I don't trust most people. So I don't, mm. Mm. you know. Your, your uh, creative endeavors and the way you you know, we've talked as far as you being up around Portland and, and migrating down to Frisco. Um, do you think that freedom, that feeling of uh, freedom creatively, expressively, um, as, a, as an individual, is that is that the uh, catalyst? Is that the engine that keeps you, get, you know? I think it's 100% my motivation. It's probably part of my downfall as well. Because <laughs> it's really, it is hard uh, to be the kind of her like for instance just I'm unwilling to give up a lot of my personal freedom as far as even style to you know like work right, right. <laughs> and to do a lot of things that you know like 
I'm sure there's some jobs I could do looking the way I do, but I know that there's a lot of things I can't because right. of the way I look. But um, it's you you make sacrifices to do what you want in life, and um, I'm very stubborn, mm. very stubborn, and it's because freedom is number one. And I just think that my brain just can't comprehend some things. Like I don't understand. I always wanted to do a documentary of like hair, for instance, mm. like how simple it is that just something like this hair can like get you hired or get you fired or get you not hired. You know what mm. I'm saying? It's mm. like, I'm mm. going to do the same performance that anyone else would, or that I would with, if I wore a wig, like I could just put a wig on and get a normal regular job. Mm. And, um, I'm staying I'm the same person. Mm. I understand that it's not professional, mm. but it just blew oh hi lights. Sorry. Uh, Q lights. <laughs> I needed this I needed this side of my face lit, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just Roger saying <laughs> I'm just saying like this is fucked up that it's um, so crazy. You know, I know Chris Rock I think did a documentary of the black hair one mm-hmm. and I think it's like a similar thing, you know, it's like um, people of African heritage have um, you know, get fucked with if they get dreads, they mm. can't get certain jobs for certain hairstyles and shit like that. I mean, it's not as bad it, as it used to be, but I mean, there's still that still stigma, yeah. and it's like, the, the, does yeah, it change totally. their ability to do their job? No. Yeah. You know, like I mean, I get it. If <clears throat> I guess maybe in some jobs, if you're serving food or whatever, I mean, just fucking hair net it or whatever. But like, I don't know. Is this shit like that? Mm. I'm not willing to like give up a lot of my. I don't know that for for a lot. <laughs> I'm mm. very I'm very stubborn. Mm, I get you. Yeah. I get you. Uh, and again, mirroring countless conversations I've had in the past with, with artists and musicians, you know, to, to to have the freedom to be able to do the things you want to do at, a, at no comprom- at no compromise to yourself and not putting anybody else out. More mm-hmm. importantly, that's the golden. That's the that's the zeitgeist, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I mean, yeah. there, there might be times in my life that I am bored of doing this and I want to look more normal or I want to, like, you know, tone it down and just be comfortable mm. and not maintain a, a look or whatever. But that still should be my choice. I don't want to have to do it because I'm forced to do it and it pleases someone else. Mm, you know? That's, that's what my whole life is just against pleasing anyone else that's the problem i'm just like i do me i mean why the fuck is like you life is short and people spend so much time trying to make other people happy when in reality you can't make anyone else happy you can only do yourself so you know like i focus on what i can do to be happy in my life and other than that like i mean if i didn't do that i don't understand what the point of my life Mm. would be Mm Do you um do you, do you talk to your parents? You, you inter- I do. I I talk to my mom on it like a lot. Mm. She calls me a lot. Um, you know, like we had a we had a rough past. You know, like I said, I was in foster care, but I always forgave her because yeah. um, also for me, and I always say this is like, you know, I don't care like what you know she did when I was a kid. You know, like whether it be you know abuse, neglect, you know whatever mm. kind of shit. I just I don't like foster care because <laughs> that was worse for me that was way more traumatic yeah. did you know, you know any different though was there a period where you knew enough that, that you knew that foster care was wrong oh yeah, yeah I mean okay. the whole time like I mean just because um, for me at least my mom I did feel that she loved me mm. I just think she was taught wrong by her family mm. so she didn't really know how to be you mm. know like a loving parent and so she, she and she had me when she was 21 like you know that's hella young when i think about that now i'm like dude like i was fucked up when i was 21 like i couldn't imagine you know and um (laughs) and you know her and my dad were fucking partying and Mm. like you know they didn't stay married she had a bunch of different boyfriends whatever so i'm just like you know that was fine for me Mm. and you know then being in foster care is just with these people that are paid to take care of me that don't really give a fuck about me Mm. and like uh, the last foster home I was in was so I've never felt more like a bacteria wow, wow, like I felt wow, like wow. a disease like wow. I was an actual disease mm. in their house like I needed to erase my fingerprints if I touched anything no, like I was like a contamination to no, them literally yeah and it was like really bad for my um, emotional state yeah. and I'm sure that's what led to me like starting to really like 
you know, like I experimented with drugs and alcohol starting in foster care, but like I really got heavy in them, even just in foster care in mm. high school, just because living with those people made me feel like I didn't want to exist, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's un- it's unthinkable, and it to anyone that's not been in that situation, it's some people they go through it in their lives and know no different. It sounds like to me that you you've been really conscious of the decisions and the things that you've made throughout your life. Again, freedom comes back into it. I asked a question about your, your your family because with all of that freedom, do you feel like, well, I guess it's not the case because you were fostered, but, you know, do they feel an impact of, like, you turning out the way you have in the way you think? You mean my family? Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think so, but, like, you know, like, uh, I think my mom kind of freeze-framed a part of, like, me into like still a child you know mm-hmm. like in her mind she kind of still imagines I'm like this baby and she like is always still like um be careful and stuff like I was like yo like mm-hmm. I was <laughs> like homeless and like all this shit for decades and like I'm fine now mm-hmm. <laughs> you know don't worry about me now mm-hmm. worry worry about me back then yeah yeah totally <laughs> like I'm like I've survived so much shit I'm not saying I can't die now like there's there's horrible shit out there still but I'm just saying like I am fucking careful now mm. like you know what I'm saying do, do, they, do they do that a little bit as you kind of you walk away from the the, the, the burnings of like before yeah and it's like well this, the thing is is like I don't know like I think I mean I know she wants like wants to make up for like things that happened back in the past mm. and like you know really care now but I'm like it's it's late for that but mm. like we can still be friends but like you know and like mm. I still appreciate what she did for me when I was a kid but mm. I'm just like but I for me like um, I have such pride in taking care of myself for all those years mm. that it's offensive That's if cold. somebody yeah. tells That's me to is. like be careful yeah. I'm like so offended by it yeah. I'm like um, yeah like I fucking lived in abandoned buildings out on the street I hitchhiked by myself all the time I was fucking in a crack house I was like doing all this shit like I fucking went through shit. Like, I am fine now. Mm. I am so careful now. I hole up in my apartment. I'm like a fucking old-ass <laughs> lady watching crime You're shows like, all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I've always been paranoid. And I think that's why I I survived the streets for so long. Because I never trusted anybody. And mm. I think, I mean, it's fucked up that, to be like that. But I, you know, I knew that there was predators out mm. there. And I was always, like, careful about it. Like, I mean, not saying... That even if you're careful about it, bad shit couldn't have happened. I was also lucky somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, 100%. like, because you can fucking get all the things, all the preparations, you know, study karate, whatever, mm. and some fucked up shit could still come down yeah. on you. There's something about the edge of uh, being, you know, up against it so badly that it makes you fight that little bit harder, doesn't it? Um, in that time, between you know moving out and heading down to here to LA, what's what's, what's been the craziest experiences that you've you've had in those scenarios you talked about? You know, crack houses and um, situations of. I mean, like one of the craziest things that I also haven't really talked about on other shows and stuff too is like, um, like getting out of a, like this is a situation where one day I, I was hitchhiking from San Francisco uh, north back to Seattle and like this was like. Um, my mom had a place and I was going to crash at her place and um, I was still a junkie back then Mm. though so um, but I was like trying to like I used to try to quit all the time by doing speed so I'm like I'm going to fucking stop doing heroin for Mm. a while let me do some of the speed for a while Mm -hmm. so I think I was like on a like a month speed bender and so I started Jesus hitchhiking. <laughs> and so I started hitchhiking and luckily I got picked up by some tweaker truck drivers. And they're like, I remember this one ride, this guy fucking driving a big fucking truck. He pulls over and he's like fucking geek the fuck out. And like I was like, oh, this is gonna be fun because he just like the minute I get in the car, he's yelling at another car when he's trying to like um exit back onto the freeway. He's like, fuck you, motherfucker. He's getting all fucking waving <laughs> at this guy. And I was like, oh shit. He's like, hey, you wanna do you wanna do some lines? I was like, fuck yeah, I need to stay awake. So no. Like, yeah, so me and him just did a bunch of lines, and, like, it was a fucking fun ride, honestly. So, once again, like, truck drivers are so known for fucking being rapey, but I'm so lucky. Mm. Nothing bad ever happened to me. Every guy friend I know that ever hitchhiked got raped by a truck driver. No and I'm way. Like, I think This is the thing is I think a lot of truck drivers were, like, um, cool with me because they were hoping I was a dude. 
that's what I think was going really? on there. I'm just saying, because all the dudes I know got fucked with. And I used to dress back then kind of more like a, mm. when I'd hitchhike, I'd wear a beanie and baggy clothes in my skateboard, so I'd probably look like a, a little boy. Right, right. And then I'd get in the car and they'd be like, oh, that ain't a boy. <laughs> You know, and they'd be like, whatever, yeah, let's, let's get high. You might as well have some lines with me then. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I get high with them and hang out. And then, um, you know, so that, that guy, he was actually, well, my dad was a truck driver too. And, like, you know, like I on and off stayed with him. So this guy, and my dad did meth too. So he kind of reminded me of my dad. Uh-huh. So I was like, you know, growing down with him. Then, um, you know, he drops me off. So that, that was the end of that story right there. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, that was a good ride. But he drops me off. Like, I think I was by Portland, but I was trying to get to Seattle. That's another 300 miles. Mm-hmm. And um, this lady, hot, like, Latina lady in a fucking super hot, like, Trans Am picks me up. I'm like, women never fucking pick you up. This is so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She picks me up, and that was a dope ride. But the problem is she dropped me off in a neighborhood north, uh, south of Seattle called Tacoma. Tacoma in the 90s was like where crack just really hit. It no was way. just like, it was worse than the Tenderloin in San Francisco, I swear. It was like some, and that was bad. It was just like, it was some next level crackhead shit. And um, I knew I was in danger when I got there. And I mean, this is, this, this was coming from a person that had already been living okay, yeah. on the streets for a while, but I was this like, some shit, you know? I was like, oh no, <laughs> yeah. this is going to be bad. This is going to be real bad. So I was like, literally in my mind thinking like, Every, like, you know, couple seconds, I'm sitting at, a, like, a gas station or something thinking if I should, like, get back on the freeway and continue to hitchhike. But it's illegal to hitchhike on the freeway there. And I was like, I could get swooped by a cop. Right. And, um, you know, I got some drugs on me. And I probably don't want to do that. I'm either going to do that or I'm going to sleep in a bush. Mm-hmm. I don't know what and wait for the sunlight to come. Because also, even if I do go on the freeway, it's too dark for anyone to see me. So I was like, fuck, dude, this is dangerous. So I'm, like, sitting there, and then every, f- like, few minutes, like, a dude would walk up and be like, so, what are you doing? What you need? You know, like, I'm like, oh, shit, dude. Okay. I was like, one of these guys is going to rape me. Let me figure out which one is going to be the least trouble for me. That's how my mind was wow. thinking. I was like, this is happening tonight. <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah. just like, then one guy wow. was, like, come up to me, and he had a limp, and I was like, I could probably run from that one. Okay. Mm. So, because he was like, oh, I got to get you out of here. And, um... You know, he acted like he was all worried for me. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think in the beginning he was. He took me to Greyhound Station. He was like, I'll get you a ticket. You can't be here. Like, mm-hmm. you little white girl fucking looking all young. You're going to get fucked gonna up. Get go up. Yeah. And I was like, I know, I know. And so he took me there. The Greyhound Station was closed. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, um, you can hang with me for a while. Like, I'll take you around. But, like you know we got to get you somewhere yeah, safe yeah. and I was like okay so I was like walking around with him he's selling crack no. while we're doing that like he's cut customers coming up to me I mean the dark it's already like getting you know night it's late mm-hmm. there's like you know like some crackhead ladies all like tell tell him that I got fucking like I got gold I look at this gold and I was like I don't know what real gold is I'm broke too I don't know what the shit like he, she's like trying to get me to like verify that it's yeah, real yeah. I'm like I don't know and um <laughs> then He's like, listen, I gotta handle some more business. He probably had a re-up or whatever. He's like, you gotta, uh, I'm gonna stash you in this house right here. So he took me to some at the crackhead couple's house. No fucking way. And they're like, um, he's like, will you watch this bitch for a little bit? I gotta go. And he like, I'm just sitting there in some stranger's house, just like, hiya. <laughs> okay. And then, then he leaves, and the the dude is all like, you want to hit of this crack? Yeah. And straight up, like, I had been doing dope and coke and. Uh, speed and meth, all that shit. But I never smoked crack because I was like, this is just dangerous. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's just like it's all bad, but yeah. like you know, back then I was like, but crack, that shit's different. That got the biggest publicity of the whole of the eighties, pretty much. Right. So it's like no bad you know. Rap. So I was like, I don't want to do that shit. But um, but the guy said it like, he he first he was like asking, then he was like, I said, you want to smoke some crack? And I was like, okay. Oh, no. So I like took a hit of crack and I was just like, oh Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. like, you know, the first time you smoke crack, it's like PCP. I don't you know. Go into like a really? white cloud. It's like, it's weird. That's why people always want to keep smoking crack because I guess the first time it's like super crazy. It does, it's because I smoked crack a bunch of times after that, not right afterwards, but later on yeah, in life. Yeah. I tried it on other occasions. I was like, no, this is weak. I don't like yeah. it. But, um, because the first time is just like, but the first time is like, I don't know how to explain it, but it literally feels kind of like you're in a cloud. Really? But it's like some like kind of ecstasy cloud. You're just all up there like, hey. Wow. Wow. 
by comparison of being like in a room with somebody that's about to shoot if you don't take some crack it's kind of, it's kind of all right but but yeah well then after you do it you kind of don't care you're like eh, i could die did you feel vulnerable at that point because you were no, just cause i just wasn't even in my head and then the dude came that was watching me or that that was helping me before came back mm. and then he started like really like trying to like spit pip pimp game at me uh-huh. and be like he's like you know what He's like, I started, because he started smoking some crack, and then he started thinking some things, and he was like, you know what, you're mm. kind of cute, you know, when I really look at you, it's like, if we cut your hair, and we take you shopping, we get you all fixed up, I can, you could be one of my girls. Oh my God. You know, he was like thinking of pimp wow. me, and I, but I'm all fucked up, and I'm like, yeah, man, Jesus. that could be cool, all right. He's like, yeah, we can get you some cute clothes, get mm. you some nice hair. Mm. I was like, yeah, yeah. And like, and then I was like, Stop I snapped it. out of it. Like I was like, wait, no, 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 no! I can't be here. Yeah, yeah. No, this is not where I'm. This is not my stop. I need to get. I need to get out of here. And then wow, that was just like uh, yeah. the hand of the gods just pulling you out. But then <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, right. I forgot about that. He's like, let me take you. My cousin goes to Seattle for the um to work in the morning. Mm-hmm. So he takes me up there, and then. He's like, oh, my cousin has to uh, do one thing and then he can take you up there. Mm. So he's like, we got to wait in the house for a minute. Then, then, that's when the shit tried to go down. Because then he's like, I was so tired. Because, like, remember I'd been on speed for a while. Mm. And then I was like, fucking, um, oh, oh, turn back on. (laughs) Um, And so I was just crashing hard. And, like, the crack probably made made me crash too. So, and, like, I saw the bed in this apartment. And I was like, oh, I want to be in that bed. And I just, like, laid down. And then he he laid down with me, and then he was like trying to like you know. No way. Yeah, he's he's trying to get me, and um, <laughs> and and then he was like, fucking, dude, like you know, just trying to rape me pretty much. And I like started crying. I was like, dude, this is fucked up. He's like, you acted like I'm gonna rape you. I'm like, but you are. <laughs> and he was like, no. And um, he was like trying to argue with me, but finally I like was like, no, this guy. He had that hurt leg. Yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. So I just fucking like shoved him off me, grabbed my stuff. Well, you knew you could bail pretty quick. By all this time going on, at the end of it, I was like able to escape and get on the bus and head to Seattle because it was already morning by then. Does so, any, does anything, sorry, that was such a long no, story. Does anything phase you though? Does anything phase you at, at all? Like the, this, this, this is just sounds like another component to like just a crazy. Uh, road with no i mean like the shit that i seen i can't like no no i don't i don't really i don't know i don't think i mean i'd probably have to go to like some really gnarly gnarly even gnarlier place than that like i mean i've seen shit on vice that i was like ooh, if i was there that would fuck me up mm. you know vice mm-hmm. magazine documentaries yeah of course you know? yeah of course yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah like cannibal fucking gangster shit you know whatever oh, yeah 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 exactly the, the kind of shit that you're just like no this shouldn't even be on tv right yeah so landing in la because you know let's fast forward a bit here mm-hmm. you know you got into the stripping game you mm-hmm. got into the uh, well, alternative let, modeling let me go game. back i got into stripping in portland and in portland oregon it was like um you know like i was saying earlier it was just basically like a beautiful wonderland for dancers mm. it was basically i could make all my money on stage i never had to do lab dances not that you know i know i have a lot of friends that do lab dances i just didn't like doing them i'm not an intimate person mm. i like mm. kind of like distant love now yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway you know like i like to tease from afar yeah, yeah so um that was my thing and i did it really well and um loved it and then so I also got sober from all the drugs in Portland. That was in 2001. It was 2201. So, so I just got 19 years sober this month. Wow, congratulations. Um, yeah, That's crazy, sick. right? Yeah. Mad. Uh, who does that? Um, <laughs> After a lot, so much. A lot, of, a lot of people actually do it. But um, anyway, so I got sober there and then, you know, was dancing sober for all those years but also living in Portland for nine years sober, you really feel the cold yeah, 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 when yeah. you're sober. It's yeah, horrible. Yeah. That's why everybody <laughs> in, like, the UK and places like that fucking yeah, yeah. drink. That's right. You know? Like Nothing pe- else to do. People in fucking Russians, mm-hmm. they fucking have to drink to live where they live. Like, yeah. Siberia? Why would you not drink? I, I know I wouldn't stay sober if I stayed in Portland any longer. Mm-hmm. It was killing me to be in that much cold yeah, all yeah. the time. And so I was just like, that's it. Like, one, one winter, I was just like, 
I, I'm not doing one more winter here. That's it. When and you I just, hit a big wall. Yeah. I, yeah, I was like, this is it. I'm going to murder someone else. Like, suicide is past. Like, I'm not even caring. I'm, I'm, I'm about murder now. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, I'm out before I kill someone because it's making me lose my mind. Yeah, yeah. Just, you just get dark. Yeah. It's like nine months of never seeing the sun and you're just like. Yeah, 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 totally. There's this opposite effect as well because in Norway and places north in Sweden, there's some uh, summers where they don't have any dark. So people drink to get themselves to sleep because it's always, the sun's always out. And then they go into like these crazy psycho Things. Yeah, that would be kind of weird too. I yeah, think. It's a yeah, same you, shit, but we need we need this day and night mm. thing, that rhythm. For real, you know. Um, that's why I don't like Vegas either. Mm. They're twenty four hour bullshit. Like, mm. what time is it? Nobody Pumping knows. CO2 into the air and, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like they lock you in a pl- like every time you work in Vegas. It's like there's no clocks anywhere, and they do that mm. on purpose to keep people gambling mm. and spending money. It's like so weird have, I don't you, like have it. you ever stripped in vegas yeah yeah and i didn't like it because it's all hustle there it's such a different world and it's like it's just really sharky mm. i've never been a person who cares a lot about money even when i started dancing and i was making a lot of money i i didn't focus on the money i always focus on having fun i really enjoy having a good time mm. and i mean that was like a natural easy job for me because mm. i like entertaining people i just love it like you know some girls like get nervous before they dance have to get drunk i'm just like <clears throat> if i see a crowd waiting to see a stage show mm. i'm ready mm. like i don't even need to get ready i'm just ready is I there any anxiety them. like you no know, is there any thought of like what could because the when i think of stripping in the u.s it's a far cry distance from the UK and some of Europe. There's this, there's this, it's like you're owned almost. You can be touched, you can be, uh, you can be rained on, like it's kind of anything goes, right? Yeah, no, no, in Portland, that was the reason I also loved Portland. Portland had it figured out. Okay, this is why Portland is better than any other place in the world to be a dancer. Not anymore because it's not as much money as it used to be and it's oversaturated. We're, we're going to get into this, yeah. But, um, Portland's laws are you get full nude, but customers aren't allowed to touch you. Not at all. Mm. If a cu- and, and most of the clubs actually enforce that. So, like, if a customer tried to touch me in Portland, mm. Mm. a bouncer would break their arm. Mm. You know, drag them outside, pepper spray the shit out of them. Everyone knew better than mm. to touch a dancer. Like, you don't even try to put a tip in a no. G-string. You'll just get grabbed and drug, drug the fuck out. And Without I, your money. <laughs> I loved that. I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't come here to get touched. I come here to entertain y'all motherfuckers. You just sit there and watch this shit, mm-hmm. you know? Like, also, I move too fast for people to try to tip me or touch mm-hmm. me. I'm fucking dancing. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. going off. I'm doing pole tricks, flipping around, dancing. Mm-hmm. I was like, people have tried to tip me before, and they, like, try to put it in my G-string here. And I'm, like, fucking like in movement and it's like ripping my panties off i'm like you're an idiot yeah. <laughs> like um, but where did that culture come from i mean it was honestly was it atlanta atlanta had like this real kind of uh currency to that kind of i think portland current. just had its own thing for a minute that so it was wasn't just, bugged by anything else was no going it was just i think it was just brought on by just that moment because mm. it's not the same anymore and um you know, then when I moved here mm. in 2010, mm. I thought I could bring a little bit of that Portland mm. down here and maybe get some people into dancing this way. Because I had already researched how it was here. I came down here a few times and went to strip clubs and mm. saw how they were. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to, you know, like, I'm going to have to, like, make less money for a while. Take the hit. Yeah. Because you're in a new territory. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. but, but, like, I thought that when I first started dancing in Portland that I kind of inspired the change a little, mm. you know, like I know it wasn't all me. It was like a bunch, it was a, and that's why it was, it was the group of mm. a bunch of different girls that made it work mm-hmm. and, um, and the kind of DJs that we had. Um, Cause the DJs were really influencing too. And just the, all the different types of music that were out at the time. Sounds like, like a real moment in time. To it be was fair. because it's just like, you know, like, you can't start a scene. Yeah. You know, like I had a guy move here a while ago. Like I knew, I knew this guy, and he wanted to start a new rock scene, like they had here in the late '70s, early '80s. It, and yeah. I was like, you, you don't get to pick that. Mm. That's gonna happen, or it's not. It's true. Like you can't make that happen. That's trend. It's people. And and, it's their decision. Yeah, and yeah. the reason why you know Portland happened the way it did at the time was just because of all the people at that time were thirsting for that. Mm. That was what the, everyone needed and wanted, and Seems it happened. Man. And it was just all, it was totally organic, mm. you know? Mm. And so 
I couldn't come down here and make that happen. Yeah. And I didn't, it's yeah, not yeah. like I wholeheartedly thought I could, but I thought I could like help inspire a few other people to like work together to try mm. to make it happen. Which kind of is what you set out and kind of what it went down. It almost kind of did. It almost kind of, it started to pop off. Like we almost started to have something. Mm. And then the state of California decided to make us all employees and fuck up the whole game. Right, so what's, what is this all about? Because this is the real point of the, the conversation, the, the crux of it, because you've come full circle in your career. You've alternative modeling, stripping, you know, ambassadors for so many things, your own brand, and like, what it really hinged on was your expressiveness, and that was kind of, that was kind of your, your stick, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's LA. We hope, baby! Come on! That's, yeah. the, that's the party sound. Yeah, yeah. And cue fire engines. Because that was your bag, right? So now yeah, you're in so this situation, when, you know? As a dancer for, you know, over 15 years, we were independent contractors. Um, we basically rent the stage, we rent the DJ, we rent the bouncers. That's how it come. We mm. have to pay a stage fee, tip out the bouncer, tip out the DJ. That's the way that should work. Yeah. That's how that business model works. And works well, yeah. It works perfectly. I've always been, and, and I'm going to get in trouble with the union that's developing for saying this, because mm. there's a strippers union developing in California, <laughs> and I love them, support them, and this is what needs to happen. They're not gonna like that I keep saying this, but I'm I'm an anarchist, so I'm always gonna say this, mm. that I still don't agree with strippers ever being employees. Now that we are though, mm. now that we fucking are, they have to fucking treat us right. Cause if you're gonna make people employees, you gotta treat them right. You know what I'm saying? Cause I mean, I'm not, it's gonna take too much time to try to reverse that law. That law is here now. So now we have to make that law and make, respect it. It's because it's like if you had any yeah. other employee situation, the reason why there's unions is because the people that employ people are fucking money hungry mm -hmm. and they don't care about the people that work for them. Yeah, That's yeah. what always happens. So they're just fucking now, they're taking all these dancers, like most of the clubs here, they force girls to do lap dances to get shifts and to get, um, and they use that lap dance money to pay their minimum wage. There's some clubs. That's fucked like, up. The, 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 what do you call them? I think the Deja Vu clubs, I think it mm. is. I'm not sure if it's that. Don't quote me on this. One of the clubs, a girl said the name and I'm senile. Um, you have to put, so customers put the money in a booth that the seat is in. The girls never get to touch the money. They don't get to touch it. So mm -hmm. it's it's the club's money and then the club pays the minimum wage and then gives the girls a, t a, a percentage of how many dances they get a night. What? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. That's not how it should Hell work. No. Why is this all that happened? Why? Because there's a law passed, AB5, it's called it. It was started over the um, Uber driver, Lyft, dri Lyft driver people, hmm. basically making them employees because um, the government wants their tax money. Hmm. That's what it's all about. Now, there's another way to go about that, though. The way they do it in Vegas is cool. Like, you have to uh, fill out a tax thing, sheriff's card in Vegas to work. Hmm. You pay money through that you don't mm. have to pay it to the club like i don't think the employer should handle it that's just your pimp you're yeah. pimped, yeah, you're yeah, pimped totally. then and um so i'm working with some people to um that have lawyers because i don't have a job i ain't got no money now um but i'm working with some people that have lawyers to try to help them change the law uh that the, well this one part of the law because we're not going to change that whole law that they we're going to still be employees so what we have to do now is also um, get rid of the definition where employee employers of strip clubs are saying that they own the dances. They provide customers with lab dances. But I argue that no, because say you were uh, a restaurant and yes, you can provide macaroni and cheese and you can even do it without a waitress. But as a strip club, mm. the lap dance is the macaroni and cheese. Can you give that without a dancer? No. Mm. So she owns that. And there's no way the club can say they provide the macaroni and cheese when they don't have macaroni and cheese without this. Mm -hmm. We is the macaroni and cheese. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, this shit needs to get known. And like the people that write laws also need to understand that we have to work on the public view of how they perceive strippers because mm -hmm. they don't understand that it is a job like any other. And we're, I, 
and I, I don't want us to be, like I said, I don't want us to be employees because I think it's going to kill the boner for a lot of dudes. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, it is. Because it's like, no one wants to think that we're doing a job. Yeah, that's right. That's not the fantasy. That's yeah. not the fucking fantasy. It's true. So hopefully the industry won't get fucking completely killed by this, but it probably will. Yeah, yeah, it's but really hitting on, on, it's on a It's It's true, because the way that you perceived dancers before was these free agents that wanted fucking yeah. fuck you or yeah. dance for you well, or at least were there on their own accord and not yeah. because they were being paid to well, paid to do it forced to do it and yeah. it's part of their job yeah. like you know have you has it have you guys seen um the movie idiocracy no. it's no. mike judge made this movie and he's ingenious um you know it's like this movie where uh Basically, it's a live... It's not animation like mm. he normally does, but it's a live-action movie, and um, it's about the dumbing down of humanity. So it's like the two stupidest people, like or average stupid people, um, get like cryogenically frozen, and then they like... Um, the, the dumbing down of society happens over time, and when they're unfrozen, it's like way stupid. That's amazing. And so That's it's a... like... They're like the smartest people yeah, at the yeah. end of it, and it's basically what we... It, this movie was made early 2000s and that's where we're at now the irony the irony is like <laughs> I think everything that he did in this movie is predictable and mm. true mm. so like at the end of the movie it's like Starbucks provides a latte and a latte is like a hand job and no, um, yeah, I'm like that's what stripping is going to be in the future it's just going to be like if they keep it this way so as an employee like it'll be basically like a fucking line of dudes waiting to come in get their fucking lap dance fucking whatever and then they fuck, it's it'll be like drive through lap dances and people yeah, yeah. just get that fucking service real quick and yeah. that's taking the art out of it taking the actual personality out of it just making mm. it a fucking job mm. cool like let me put on my hat and how do you like it, sir? Would you like your Would you like your lap dance like this, or would you like it like this? Yeah, yeah, totally. Bullshit. It's you not, know, it's not what it's about. Like, yeah, yeah like yeah. have them fill out a menu of it. Like, do you want? Yeah, yeah. Do you want salad with that? <laughs> you know. Yeah, and would you like it supersized? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. I think that's America as a whole. Like coming here for you know, don't know how many times. There definitely is a shift, particularly in LA. Like, there's a. Well, there's the new culture of weed mm. and that drifting into society. There's also the binge watching of programs and always being on the phone and not really thinking things through as clear as you should be. And then there's the the, the gentrification that's that's making it hard for everybody to, you know, try and stay afloat. And I just feel like, man, the, 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 like you say, for cultures to build and organically grow, you need, you know, you need earth and you need cultivation and it just feels like there isn't that time for this at the moment here it's, it's LA's a funny place so when you talk about the, this as a scenario with stripping I can only recognize it's only too real and it and will become around the corner very quickly won't it yeah it will and I mean you know we'll see in a couple of years if the union could do anything to to help yeah um, it's gonna be hard for them to fight all the things that need to be fought and it's like who who <laughs> who who knows like what the industry will even be left with after it's all said and done you yeah. know like I just you know like maybe I'm older and I don't want to see change you mm. know but at the same time it was the like I just really wish people had like looked at the model that Portland had and mm. tried to like do that because it was it was beautiful mm -mm. you know and I don't know I feel sorry for any girls that want to be a dancer now because yeah. they'll never get to do it the way I did it yeah. you know yeah yeah and it, it, all these things are like you know set in stone as like glory times especially in places like LA as well where it's like everything has historical reference points and beautiful well yeah and now they're tearing all those historical yeah, yeah. places down yeah. and everything's getting replaced with mass production and um, just generic like TV program shit like mm. that is it has it's just trendy so it won't last yeah. you know like they you know I'm like, when they tear down the Rainbow Bar and Grill, oh it's God. fucking over. It's over, the game's, game's over. It'll be over. But they've used that, that's now like a historical, you know, they can't knock it down But Pete, this generation doesn't care about history. Mm. And that's the problem is like, I mean, not all of them are, but like a lot of them don't really care that much about it. Yeah, yeah, they've been neutralized it's, it's It's just, you know, it's just like, 
I have friends that are kind of like younger and I try to show them some of those old movies that I talk about on mm. my YouTube channel and they, mm. they just don't care. They want to watch the movies that they already seen. Yeah, that's right. Which is really weird. My idea yeah, so you've got a YouTube channel popping yeah. at the moment. Old school VHS videos. Yeah, yeah. You talk about them and give them the spotlight so that people have the opportunity to discover the real instead mm -hmm. of the reproduced. Right, right. And just the, like, you know, everything's CGI now, like, but if people would go back and appreciate, like, the special effects and the shit that they did back then, it's so much cooler. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could, if so you repeated that, if you repeated that into Nails, Nails movies, I don't know, it's all about, the, it's all about the, the script as well, isn't it? It's so important that it has, like, a, a storyline to it now, but it just becomes junk food, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, definitely they still do have some good shows and movies nowadays, but, like, I don't know. I think they make everything now so like it's like fast food mm. where it, like it feels good in the moment but it doesn't really resonate mm. whereas like I think a lot of the movies that I grew up on like they really affect your even your personality like mm. you just become you know character from these old movies you know but it's, it's like so true <laughs> yeah it's like I don't know nowadays it's like I don't know they're just nothing I not a lot of things that I watch in the now are really like you know like wow like yeah. I, I want to like be like that or, mm -hmm. you know live that life mm -hmm. you know if you try to imagine yourself living on set of like any of your favorite movies mm -hmm. like how many of those movies are from right now mm -hmm. it's true yeah yeah like i mean i guess the only ones that would be from right now they're in some like super futuristic kind of cool place yeah 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 totally but you know Somewhere like else like living in this time period isn't like I mean, it's cool. It has a lot of coolness, but like in a movie sense, mm. it's just—it's not cinematic. Do you think? Do you think a lot of this? Well, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. Social media is something that is an escape for people. You've—you've you've totally harnessed this with your brand, um, with your Instagram, the alternative model look, the the tattoo culture, the the punks, and that that whole genre and world that you came from. Um, it's aided you. It's it's helped build a brand and structure to something that probably up until now it had no it, it had a direction but it wasn't it, it couldn't be utilized in the same way now you've got a platform that you can really do some of the most you know forward-thinking shit with. I know but it, it nips me in the butt at the same time because there's a lot of other girls that like you know are like descriptively the same as what I do but because um, I have opinions mm. included in mine that's why I have so many haters and mm. I get reported a lot like I've I've had eight different Instagram accounts completely removed and had to start from zero no way yeah what? In, in the lifetime of Instagram yeah it's my first Instagram I think was just malice 666 that was probably the first one and then it was malice in Hollywood and malice something I had a whole bunch of different ones I've had to restart no over and over way. You know, just people hating. That's criminal. Stop yeah. fucking hating. That's what I'm saying. Enough <laughs> of the hate already. I'm sure none of the hate... Like, this is the thing. It's like the people that hate are like... At the same time, I can get... I get it to a degree. It's just... you. Know, it's just like the same as like this country. It's just like people are so divided. Mm -hmm. And they'll literally hate someone just the way they look. And yeah. they don't even really like... Or, or some of my opinions or whatever, you know, like, it's the same thing, you know, like, well, people will hate on Kat Von D for some of the mm. things that she stands for. And, mm. like, you know, I love and respect that woman. I don't agree with everything she says, mm, 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 mm. but there's, she she does her, yeah, you know. Yeah, like, Kat Von D as well, all day. And, yeah, and I respect her for standing up for what she believes yeah. in, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I have a lot of friends like that. They just, they, they're strongly opinionated people and people will hate on them for mm -hmm. it, you know? Mm -hmm. Gotta stand your ground, girl. And mm -hmm. what's awesome about the whole brand and creating that you're, you're constantly turning out is it's been self-built and you've done it from the jump. And yeah. it's all And I never knew it would be <laughs> liked in the first place. I still just do me. Honestly, I was thinking today, I was like, dude, <laughs> when my last night I was driving to an event a uh, show downtown and um, I got a flat tire on the freeway and like nearly died because I was like going 60 miles an hour in the fast lane no. and a fucking I just kunchuk, 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 <clears throat> and my car just slowed down to like 20 miles an hour in the fast lane and I had to fucking put on the um, fucking flashers and like get over and cars aren't letting you over mm -hmm. like they're going fast too like everyone's probably going 60 and I'm like trying to slide over to the slow lane and luckily there wasn't a, there, there was an exit drivable for me 
but it's like hella dark and I'm in the side and cars are just swooshing by mm -hmm. me, nearly fucking hitting me. And I was just like, bro, I'm like- <laughs> That's my life story, right? They just like buckling around these cars. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, this is how I die, cool. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I was just thinking about the fact that I was like, you know, I don't use my Instagram like a lot of other people do and I don't make money from it. It's kind of sucks, mm -hmm. but um, I need to probably start. Like, mm -hmm. I hate it because I don't want to ever like kind of sell out and be too um, promote on my page. But also, I can't afford to fix my fucking tires. Mm -mm. It's, oh yeah, it's I'm a like, tough this one, is bro. this is like how real I am. People think like, oh, she lives in LA, like her life looks so fun. She's got money, this and that. And mm -hmm. I'm like, bro, I haven't worked in two months. I have no job right now. I have no money. I'm not saying PayPal me, but PayPal me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um. <laughs> I'm just saying, like it's it is uh, it's rough out here for a player. Um, well, where do where do they find you? Where um, do they find you out here? I'm official Malice. Malice McMahon on Instagram. I have uh, an OnlyFans. <laughs> fans on, strictly the fans. Whatever that is, <laughs> we can't talk about that because people just get fucking reported <laughs> for even mentioning it. And then um, YouTube Malice McMahon is my video channel, which that name might change, but I have a link in my bio, so. Unlike that, huh? Also, malicious creatures, my clothing line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, you know, like I say, strictly the street culture right here. This guy has been doing it from time, from the jump. And thank you so much for passing. No, thank it, you man. for coming through town. Awesome to meet you. Yeah, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, man. <laughs>